into the Christmas tree. Do you ever find yourself saying, why did that really have to happen? And what does that mean? Well, take off your reading glasses, burn your associate's degree, and put on your dunce cap because it's time for a dumb podcast for smart people. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Dell. I'm Aaron. Ho, 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 ho. Merry it's Christmas. It's Christmas today. You're not this getting isn't... anything because mommy and daddy are bankrupt. <laughs> this isn't Dell. This is Eddie the Elf. Aha. Uh-huh. And this is uh, Slutty Muffins the Elf. <laughs> Slutty Muffins? Sled Muffin. Mm. That's a good I think name. my... Um, Oh, I said I said slutty muffins. Oh, I thought you said slutty muffins. I'm like, that's fun. Slutty, <laughs> slutty muffins would be a good name. Actually, one Christmas, me and my siblings sat around and said, if you were an elf, if you were one of Santa's elves, what would your name be? And my sister, one of my sisters in law, said her name would be slutty muffins. I think my sister said her name would be Tinsel Bell, and I think uh, I said my name would be Platty. Platty, uh-huh. I love it. The plaid snowman. Platty, the plaid snowman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is the greatest holiday of the year because it's the one time of year where we get to really celebrate our true uh, savior. Queen, Capitalism. Queen Mariah Carey. <laughs> yes. Uh, the day she was born upon yep. this midnight. Her clear. birthday. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Mariah Carey's birthday. Her birthday's on Christmas. Uh-huh. It's the best. Yes. So a relevant, very relevant topic. Exactly. It's called a transition. Everyone's talking about it. That all I want for Christmas is... Goo. <laughs> there has to you be know, some good parodies of this, right? Uh, actually, weirdly, in, if, if you watch her documentary, in her first draft, it was a goo. It was about goo. <laughs> um, and they were like, the producer said, we cannot do this. Oh, Mariah, okay. you need to stop. She sucks her guns about goo. She just wanted to sing about goo. <laughs> I, we can we can think of something better than goo. Poo. Yeah, there we go. All I want for Christmas is poo. <laughs> for scat freaks. Scat freaks. Skibbity bop bop Those kind of scat freaks. Um, All I want for Christmas is poodly bop 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 cow. Aha. But for those who haven't heard, you may recall a classic song from 1995 released by Mariah Carey at the top of her career called All I Want for Christmas is You. It's been a perennial favorite. Um, it comes around this time of year, just like my syphilis does. And <laughs> it's something you can always count on once a year. And um, it just hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. So it's not that it's been continuously in the Hot 100 for 25 years. It just comes and goes for every Christmas season. And over the past couple years, it's just been climbing higher and higher on the charts and it finally hit number one and when the song so was long. originally released in the mid 90s like it was a hit but it didn't even get into the top 10 it was maybe like number 20 well, something cr- or 30 something like, it's a modern pop christmas song yeah. you know that's and it's so this is amazing and i heard that i read that the the last song the last christmas song to hit number one was the uh, chipmunks chipmunks song mm-hmm. the that was a really good impression. Which, if I got a hoof for Christmas, I'd be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Think bigger. Mom chi- and dad are bankrupt this You're year. You're a chipmunk. 
not because of what it is, but I'm a chipmunk. Like the ability to use a hula hoop as a chipmunk is insane. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, not good forethought on uh, my abilities when it comes to you know another interesting Mariah Carey fact is this is her 19th number one single. She's only one away from overtaking the Beatles. The Beatles hold the record at 20 yes. number one singles. So I have a theory about this song. Okay, I I, I think I love this song. Yeah, and it's I, a good song. It's I feel that. I feel that there was this. We have Christmas songs, right? Mm-hmm. We have silver bells. We have, so we have like the old traditional, like King Prince was less, less, da, da, on the da, 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 da. Uh-huh. King wants us less. All these old, how like hymn type. They just get so annoying. Yeah. By like oh, December ten, you've had enough already. Yeah. And then you have like that Bing Crosby White Christmas fifties, mm-hmm. sixties sort of renaissance of Elvis's blue new, Christmas new Christmas music that has be, sure. have become part of that canon. But then I feel like since the sixties that All I Want for Christmas is you is like the only modern pop yeah. Christmas song mm-hmm. to be so pervasive and so like powerful and impactful. Mm-hmm. And like legitimately it's a really, really good oh, song. Yeah. I'm glad it's and getting its I due. I argue with people about this every single year where someone even posted, Oh, it's that time again where Dell goes on a rant about how this is the best Christmas song. And yeah, it's, it's true. true. Yeah. And now I have this platform. Listen. Mariah Carey wrote this song. The chord progressions are classic throwbacks to like the Ronette songs. It's a total sixties throwback. The hooks are incredible. Mm-hmm. It's just got like it takes the retro sound and modernized it for the 90s and which inadvertently made it have this retro sound for the 2000s yeah and it just kind of made it timeless and it's so good like there's this new ariana grande christmas song from the last few years and it sucks it basically the premise premises the premise premise of this this Ariana Grande Christmas song is I need to talk to Santa on whether I should have sex with this boy. Like that's literally what it's about. You don't need permission from anybody, Hanny. <laughs> Go get it. And so this song is just all I want for Christmas is you. It has all of the right that's a nice message. feels and notes, but then musically it just is like perfectly it builds without being cheesy. It perfectly replicates that nineties, like that sixties kind of classic Christmas rock. Jam. Right. Really like the Ronettes is kind of mm-hmm. like uh, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree or I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. The big drum fills, all that stuff. Or that one, Christmas, the snow's coming down. <laughs> Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. The big drums, uh-huh. all that stuff. And I just think it's so good. Yeah. And people hate it. And I think it's wonderful. You know, I didn't, I don't think I became aware of this song until maybe sometime in the 2000s. And I was like, I didn't know Mariah Carey had a Christmas song. This song is actually really wonderful. I enjoy listening to it. Why isn't it more popular? I think it's amazing that it's taken 25 years to build. I just find it really interesting. But I think you're onto something when we talk about how it is more of a current Christmas song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's <clears throat> probably the biggest Christmas song to come out over the past you know, 25 years. I can't think of any Christmas song that's come out over the past quarter decade that has, you know, grabbed so much attention or has become such a hit. So this is an article from uh, 2007 from QZ.com, which I don't know anything about them, but it was like one of the first hits on why is this song so popular? Mm. The Island for Christmas is You. And it says that it's on track in 2017 to become the most popular single of all time. Mm-hmm. The uh, It's already in its... in. 2017, 2017, it was one of the top 20 best-selling singles ever. I can see it. The number one best-selling current single in 2017 was White Christmas by Bing Crosby. Hmm. 
Um, and now this year, it's just like up and up and up and up. I think the Spotify, I think the virality yes, of it because, has really made it yeah, easy to how get. How you, um, because um, pre-digital age, singles were just measured by single sales and airplay. Mm-hmm. And you had to have the perfect combination to be yeah. like cracking the top 40 or the top 10. And now it's so many so much else it's streaming it's digital downloads it's youtube views Mm -hmm. it is uh you know single digital download single sales so it's pretty fascinating so um i think we're also in this nostalgic time for the 90s so we have uh, new generations discovering someone like mariah carey who is such a big um Mm -hmm. powerhouse of music in the 90s confused which made it hard because then i realized remember when we were in the 90s and share had a sing had some like yeah do you burr share is to me as mariah carey is to like my child sure and that just blows my mind yeah it's interesting Isn't that crazy we're getting old though we are so old yeah so you you know you have um uh, a hit song like that and you just have the perfect storm of all this happening now mm-hmm. But the amazing thing is that, sure, it's number one. It could be continue to be number one every Christmas season for the foreseeable future. That's and that's the thing. Like the moder- the way that we look at history and like White Christmas, that song and other songs is like we've never lived in an age where technology has allowed even more longevity. Yes. It's what I like to call cultural regurgitation. Yeah, we talked about this. We've talked about this. Time yeah. is a flat circle. Yeah. Well, the other interesting thing is that Mariah is bringing her other Christmas song pals to the party because in the top 10 right now mm-hmm. are also other classics. Number three is Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. Yeah. And number 10 is, let's see here, Have a Holly Jolly yeah. Christmas. Everybody knows you're queer. <laughs> We saw you trying on your sister's sweater. Oh, it is such a fear. Up your butt, you put a beer. <laughs> Up your butt, you put a beer. Um, Everybody knows you're queer. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Congratulations, Mariah Carey. It's feel like you made glitter, which was terrible. You know, but, every but, artist has to have a they. You, you know, every artist has to have a story. She could just mail this in for the rest of her life, and yeah. just every year, just cash that check for all I want for Christmas is you, and just die a happy lady. I just think it's a great song, and this is the thing that I always propose: is that it's the only like modern Christmas song that could be a part of the canon of yes. like Christmas songs, mm-hmm. like. It's already part of like the Christmas classics playlist. What other, yeah. there is no other modern Christmas song. You know, there's, okay, there's like the Live Aid, Christmas Time, whatever. It's like that song is garbage. It's condescending. It's bullshit. I hate it. There's the wham. Last Christmas, I gave you my fart. But that's not even, that's not even a good song. And people only like it because it's wham. But the thing is, Dell, is it's very hard to break into being a holiday classic as far as music. It is terribly difficult. And that's what makes it so amazing is that she did it so long ago and now is doing it. And it's still so good. Mm. It's timeless. It's ageless. Yeah. And you, when you said that it could be exponentially the most popular, it could let it think about it 40 years from now. It's like the theme song of the next presidential candidate because it's just <laughs> so popular. <laughs> Like, this is just so popular. It breaks off into its own orbit <laughs> and develops its own moon. Disney gets all I want for you is Christmas land. And yeah. it becomes yeah, a, I, I can see a movie. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because over the past 25, 30 years, that's the only song that comes to mind is 
breaking into the stratosphere. Yeah. You know, you had a very apt comparison of the Ronettes, mm-hmm. where you can listen to some of the Ronettes Christmas music and it can work on a different level. Yeah. It goes beyond just uh, yeah. have a holly jolly Christmas, which mm-hmm. you can kind of only, uh, it's only a one dimensional kind of thing, whereas uh, some some Christmas songs <laughs> go into the stratosphere. Trying to poison me with gin again. Yes. Well, what's interesting is that I've heard a couple new recent songs last few years from like Kelly Clarkston and some other female artists who have tried to capture that. It's almost that now Mariah Carey making an older thing, her template. Now people are making Mariah Carey songs, their template. Mm. And so people are like, like double regurgitating mm-hmm. like a cow and it's four stomachs. Um, second rate Christmas jams. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Now, like I was saying before, by the time it gets to like December 10th, I've already had enough of Christmas music because it's just so terribly repetitive. What? So question. So we, if you would say, oh, finish your, finish your thought. I totally interrupted you. That was I'm my gonna, thought. Now I'm going to like have a coughing fit. I'm poisoning you. <laughs> well, my solution was going to the antique store mm-hmm. and uh, they have a lot of good uh, record sections there. Got it. Gotcha. At the antique mall downtown. And there's oh. this one booth that had 25 cent uh, Christmas records. And I thought that was um, fantastic because then I could kind of add a little bit more diversity into our Christmas albums. I'm trying to find something that I think you'll appreciate. Because, you know, if you just turn on Pandora or something, it's just the same nonsense over and over. So in our podcast studio, I have a small collection of vinyls. And here's one of my favorite Christmas vinyls. It's called a Tijuana Christmas. Oh, how incongruous. I know. It has a uh, a very expressive trumpet player who is appropriating um, mariachi culture. Well, it's, all about, it's about that tension of mixing, you know, the warm climate with the cold. Right. And it's he, about the contrast. So he's in a snow and a sombrero and he has got mittens on and his trumpet is filled with um, Christmas bubbles. But uh, it's by the Border Brass. And they're definitely playing off of like the Tijuana brass mm-hmm. stuff, like very punchy brass sounds. They their rendition of what? Where is it? They have a Feliz Navidad. No, it's not Feliz Navidad. Jingle bells, Silent Night, Wish You Merry Christmas. The We Wish You a Merry Christmas rendition is phenomenal because it's like it's. Wild. Uh-huh. I think I'll let you borrow it. Can I let you borrow it? Oh, yeah, of course. If I let you borrow it. We will it, love this. Will... This is amazing, and I love putting it on every year, at least to listen to both sides one time. I mean, it's insane. This is going to lighten up my Christmas spirit. It's not like a disco Christmas, but it's pretty great. It's this other, like, weird 70s, you know, subculture <clears throat> of, like, Mexican brass music. Yeah. You know? It was and, a thing. Yeah, it was a thing. And they were just diving straight in on that, uh, that Christmas sound. So. There was someone called Herb Albert, wasn't? Yeah, Herb Herb Albert. Yep. Was it in the Tijuana Brass, right? Exactly. Uh huh. So, mm-hmm. yeah, very. So it's it's a good it's a good. Um, but so if this is the best Christmas song, is all I want for Christmas is you. What's the worst Christmas song? Um, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. I think that one's terrible. See, she, that's where she gets it right. All I want for you want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Stupid. You want your two front teeth? Think bigger, kid. All I want for Christmas? <laughs> you. She nailed it. She you know, nailed it. 
Although for criticism of my tooth front teeth speaks volumes about our about our uh, healthcare situation. <laughs> this is you're just know, wishing um, for basic necessities. My my healthcare is separate from my dental, so I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, dental care, access to healthcare. Got it, got yeah. it. So No, I know where we're going with this. Yeah, the Christmas shoes song, the yeah. bullshit Christmas shoes. I've had okay, if you don't know what the Christmas shoes song is, let me first tell you. It's the worst Christmas song. Nay, worst song. Worst popular song ever written. Worst song that's ever gotten radio play. Worst song that has its own Vivo channel on YouTube. Oh. They do music videos. Um, it's terrible. It's condescending. It's gross. It is. It's, it's in poor taste. the theme of a Christmas movie starring Rob Lowe from the, Hall, from the Hallmark Channel. It's the worst. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It makes me cringe and I hate it. But that's what also makes it so delicious. It is in poor taste. And it's... You know, I don't really know too much about it, admittedly. I haven't really listened to it much at all. But um, you shared just a little clip before we started recording. Yeah. And it's almost operatic in so, its scope. The song is a, quite a journey because... So let me let me set the scene for you. This, the basis of the Christmas shoes is there's a, there's a man in line at, a, at an apartment store. Okay. He's buying his Christmas presents Christmas Eve. And he's in the movie. He's like a grumpy businessman <laughs> you know like, ah, this kid what's this kid doing in line this kid's got a pair of shoes red shoes red christmas shoes they're too big for the child and so the person's like okay i'm gonna check it out doot, doot, doot. oh this is much money and the kid's like i don't have enough money and then he starts saying to the guy behind him the grumpy businessman i gotta buy these shoes for my mother because She's got cancer and she's going to die. And I really want her to look good for Jesus. And so I want her to have these shoes. And so this guy gets really sad. He buys the shoes and he learns about the spirit of Christmas. And the the bridge of this song takes a chorus uh, and it, they sing it with children. So um, is this band New Song I did this song and it just makes me want to – hurl but uh i'm gonna play the i'm gonna play the kids section ready there's uh-huh. this big 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 build up and here, the break you know tick, 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 and here it comes oh. sounds like nickelback here it comes what christmas is all about rob Ooh. I'd rather be listening to bagpipes. I can't think of anything more grating. Ooh. Here it comes. Oh, it like makes me want to cry how terrible that they had look to... at look at the video. He's putting the shoes on his mom in a hospital bed. Oh. No, she's in her bed at home and she's got an oxygen mask on. Oh, it's <sighs> just too. It's so it's in poor taste. I it's think it's saccharine. It is. It's terrible. It's just like playing on all the wrong emotions. It's kind of like, um, let's make a sappy Christmas song. So it has to have all these elements. And you're just pulling them out of a bowl. Okay, what do we got? Ten-year-old kid. Good, good, good. Sparkly shoes. Awesome. What dying dying mother? Oh, yeah. Oh, we got Jesus. People will love that. <laughs> it sucks. We got a song. 
It sucks, it sucks, it sucks. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. You know what it reminds me of is things today. Like you might see a crazy aunt or a crazy lady you go to church with saying like some sappy story and it'll say something like, I bet you won't even share this. It's like reduced to the point of like being a baby boomer meme. Yeah, it is. Christmas shoes lyrics. I want to look at this really quick because I got to see if there's any like good gems that we missed. Okay, I was almost Christmas time. I stood there in line trying to buy the last gift or two. Not really in the Christmas mood. Standing right in front of me was a little boy waiting anxiously. He had some shoes. His hands were dirty. He was dirty from head to toe. It's time to pay. So poor people are dirty. Yep, he couldn't pay. <laughs> but he was trying to get. So this kid was trying to get these shoes for free. So he's like, "Hurry up! I don't have enough money, but I need these shoes because my mom's got cancer." He counted pennies for what seemed like years. Son, that's not enough here. He searched his pockets. He looked at me, said, Mama made Christmas good at our house, though most years she did without. Tell me, sir, what am I going to do? I got to buy her these shoes. Uh, barf, Hillary. Where's my Christmas shoes? All I got for Christmas was slippers. <laughs> I got, those are your Christmas shoes, pal. Hillary, all I want for Christmas is you. All I want for Christmas is shoes. All I want for Christmas is shoes. I want my Christmas shoes, Hillary, and I don't mean my fuzzy bear slippers. Oh, so I know it's Christmas Day today, and I maybe I ruined the Christmas spirit, but like I feel that everything that Mariah carries on for Christmas is you is mm. this song is not, and it's like yeah. the literal opposite of everything good about a good Christmas. Some song. people, some songs like going that syrupy route and like going down a weird pathetic place. Pathetic. That is the it word. Is pathetic. It's pathetic. Why it's is that? Sad. Why is that entertainment? Yeah. What What's so entertaining about watching a sad boy? Is it the Is it the man whose heart was changed? Yes, it's from the point of view of the nice man. Um, so it, um, you know, Dell. This is kind of taking uh, a tangent, but I happened upon a History Channel documentary from the '90s on YouTube about uh-huh. the history of Christmas, and I found it very informative. Really, and it just kind of talked about what Christmas was throughout the ages. It talked about the um, origins of, like, you know, Nordic, pagan, Roman things, and how you know they kind of made it coincide with mm-hmm. Christ's birth, mm-hmm. and then how you know throughout you know the the dark ages whatnot the um the last millennium right um it turned into a big uh raucous festival um and then the puritans just wanted to shut all this down they didn't want christmas because they thought it was too fun and too out of control no fun charlie yes that was the head one the uh-huh. Puritan. <laughs> and then when it got to be uh like the uh, 1800s, a lot of people in America were like, we don't have any fucking holidays. <laughs> we don't got no holidays. We're, we're just working all the time like chumps. Uh-huh. Um, so they started to revive Christmas. But what really has informed our views of Christmas today all comes from the Victorian era. Pepsi. And- <laughs> Pepsi Cola and their Pepsi polar bears. Well, that. The Pepsi penguins, you know, the Pepsi Christmas penguins. But what informs our view of Christmas today is a very Victorian idea Mm -hmm. and from a lot of class tension. And a lot of that has to do with Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. So, you know, we start there in the Victorian area era there started to be you know gen uh not gender disparity there's always gender disparity economic <laughs> always, disparity. never forget it there starts to be uh economic disparity between yeah. like a rising middle class and people who are you know more of a lower economic 
stature. Um, we call so those the, the poor. Yeah, the poor people. Yeah. So um, there's kind of like this tension between those two. But what makes the people who are a higher income feel better is spreading goodwill and spreading their yeah. wealth during the Christmas time. So it's supposed to, I think the Christmas shoes is playing into that uh, notion and um, it's playing into this idea of the Christmas spirit, which has come to be yeah. of how you're supposed to share your wealth I, with the pathetic people. But here's the thing. I don't mind my emotions being played on for entertainment because that's like everything, like movies, especially with like horror or anything. It's just like we're going to, in a way, manipulate you into a feeling a certain way. Yeah, However, the with point this... of view of the listener is the nice man. So right. it makes people listening and to it feel better about and themselves. And that's what makes this song so disgusting to yes. me uh-huh. is that it's not just as it playing on it's playing on like your worst versions of your best ideals. Yes. It's like bring the lowest low simple common denominator. Oh yeah, bad who's going to be mad at cancer kid shoes? You know what? I am. This kid sucks. <laughs> Stay with your mom. <laughs> Reg, what are you? She doesn't three? need shoes. What are you? Uh-huh. This kid is like twelve. It's like, oh, I got my mom's got. It's, I, uh, maybe I'm just heartless. Well, the other thing too is that people have weird views of nostalgia and childhood. Mm-hmm. They relate strangely to it. They, it's very. Uh, they just don't meet in reality and expectation and yeah. people's nostalgia for childhood. That's a thing that is in media. So it also plays upon that. So it just plays upon everyone's um, worst inclinations. As it's a like human. if you've never thought about yourself and your place in the world, you're the kind of person that would love this song. Uh-huh. It's great. It's insane. Like I said, it's kind of like a baby boomer Facebook meme. Yeah. Come to life. In a song. <laughs> you know what will really blow your mind though? What's that? I learned this fact the other day. That Jingle Bells is actually a Thanksgiving song. Really? It's about going to someone's house for Thanksgiving. Oh. There's nothing to do with Christmas. Well, yeah. Jingle Bells is generically winter. It can yes, be enjoyed all which year. winter isn't even until like the 20th. Yeah. So it's literally, it's just snow. Go it has figure. nothing to do with winter. It has nothing to do with Christmas. It is about riding on a sleigh yeah. in snow. Del, do you have a favorite Christmas movie? A favorite Christmas movie? I would say... I thoroughly enjoy. I've been enjoying Home Alone a lot, uh, a lot. Ah! I, I made my family disappear. <laughs> yeah, it's just Buzz, your girlfriend. <laughs> woof. <laughs> it's just so cute. so quotable. It's so cute. It's quotable. It's silly. It's it has something for everybody. My dad laughs. I laugh. Uh-huh. The children laugh. It's uh-huh. watching old men get hit in the balls. It's yeah. never not funny. You know, Kevin McAllister is homicidal. You know, it's fine. Nothing to worry about. There needs to be like a, re- a catch up with him in the future. And he's like, you know, not doing too well. Maybe he's like in the insane asylum. Or maybe he invented a bunch of traps and made millions. Maybe he is a congressperson. Uh, Kevin McAllister <laughs> security. Uh, he, oh, and then they, he and the men, the robbers, the wet bandits, they, they get together to, to rescue the president. Well, Home Alone is a movie that continues to work on multiple levels, as you said, because I think children enjoy watching it right. because they can I, they can see themselves in Kevin and it's an identifiable, interesting scenario to them to be left alone. Mm-hmm. I would say the last time I watched Home Alone, I was paying attention to more of what the adults were doing. Like yeah. Kevin's mom, I kind of like empathized with her a and little you're like, bit. Wow, Kevin, you actually are terrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, there's a fan theory that uh-huh. you know how Kevin's mom says, 
I will make it back to my son, even if, if even if I have to ride with the devil himself. John Candy appears. Uh, that he symbolizes the devil. And she sold her soul. Because polka music is evil. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get that. I would say my favorite Christmas movie, it's It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, that makes me cry. But I, yeah, it makes oh, me Mr. cry. Oh, Mr. Potter. Oh, uh, Mr. Potter. Oh, <laughs> uh, my Uncle Billy misplaced thousands of dollars. I want to slap him You're silly. You're twisted old man, Mr. Potter. You're asking about a scurvy little spider. I can actually do a really good Jimmy Stewart impression, but we've been doing too much Bill. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Bill Clinton. Where does, where does Jimmy start and Bill end? Uh-huh. You know, Mr. Potter, Ken Starr. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about Newt Gingrich. And you can just roll them all into one. Violet <laughs> Bick, Monica Lewinsky. There so, you have it. So you like that. So what... So Christmas movie. Is there what's yeah. another one on your list? Well, I have over like a holiday regime of movies that I watch. Mm-hmm. And um I've been kind of off it this year because it's been a busy uh, it's been a busy season for me. So I'm a little behind, but I always watch It's a Wonderful Life. I always watch Gremlins. Uh-huh. Um and have you ever, do you, have you ever seen the movie Prancer? No. It's about, it's kind of like an E.T. storyline, but in the winter at Christmas and replace an alien with a reindeer. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, it's really good. Um, Another good movie for Christmas that you wouldn't think is Christmas at the Cranks. I don't think I've ever seen that. And it's actually, who else is in it? What's her face? Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis and Tim Allen, which you're just like, what? But it's actually pretty great. Yeah. I also always watch Meet Me in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm-hmm. Very preachy. It is. <laughs> you know, consumerism, capitalism. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I think last year it was Scott and I watched Die Hard because there's been this the idea. Movie. There's just been an idea uh, building in recent years, just like the popularity of All I Want for Christmas is You, that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Now, we talk about a lot of gender male things on this podcast. I think this has been propagated by men mm-hmm. because there is this um, thing that men do when they feel like their male space is being encroached upon is they try to male up the space mm-hmm. by trying to uh, make it more broy. And, you know, I think holiday movies are seen as sentimental and emotional yeah. mm-hmm. and sweet and saccharine. So they want to bring inject some uh, testosterone. So you can watch it. something Christmassy without having to think. Yes. Or, or feel emotions. Feel, think back. Yeah. Yes. But I, you know, I don't want to toot my own own here, horn here, but I have a uh, bachelor's degree in film theory. Oh, yeah. Tell me. Uh-huh. So film theorist. Yes. Tell me, David Lynch Jr. <laughs> is this a, uh, is it a Christmas movie? It is. It is film theory wise. Um, yes. Does it also pass the Bechtel test? Certainly not. <laughs> I've forgotten a lot of the film theory stuff that I learned uh-huh. in college. But there's this entire idea of like genre and what makes a horror movie a horror movie or a Western a Western. And there's all these different conventions of genre. And they're all arranged in certain ways. And there's right. a certain timeline to them about how they evolve and how they become self-reflexive and how they go back and forth. So what's the thing? I don't remember the finer points, which I can communicate, but it is a thing that I know about. Right, right. And um, so I think it'd be really interesting to study what makes something a Christmas movie. So what would what so what is people's arguments for Die Hard being a Christmas movie? Well, a lot of people have mostly 
say have said it's a Christmas movie because it's set at Christmas. Okay. But my thing is, can a movie exist, you know, let's say, could Die Hard uh, still function as a movie that takes place on April 25? Yes, it yes. could. The Christmas, but, Christmas is not the driving factor for what the movie is. But Home Alone could not, it wouldn't have the same impact. The plot would not have the same motion if it was April 25. Right. Yeah. Because they're traveling for the holidays. No one is home in the neighborhood because of the holidays. The wet bandits they are are targeting these homes because it's the holidays. <laughs> we have these eno- emotional responses uh-huh. because we have a little boy who's left a home, left During home alone on Christmas, separated from his family. Right. The toy in the second, they're at the toy store with the holidays, the donations, mm-hmm. the the sentimentality of like the the, the old man and the or the bird lady on their own during the yes. holidays. But what I think makes something a Christmas movie is the emotional ending and what it actually means when we talk about the spirit of Christmas and the spirit of togetherness. And at the, I believe, during Die Hard, uh, the main character who's played by Bruce Willis, he's kind of having some family trouble with his family. Right. But they're brought back together on Christmas. like every movie. It's on Christmas because that's the day it happens. No, but it reinforces the ideas of family and Christmas. Yeah, but it could happen on April Fool's Day. <laughs> like, but what are the tenets of April Fool's Day? We don't have emotional connections to April. Could Fool's happen Day. on the Fourth of July. Family coming together, Fourth of July. No, we don't have as we don't have much of that sentimentality of family togetherness. It's a Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> Listen, if that's the same thing, then Toy Story is a Christmas movie because the very last scene of Toy Story is no. Christmas, no. and they get a dog because it's not. It doesn't take place. Harry Potter Christmas. takes place. So some movies over Christmas. Is that a Christmas movie? No, it has to align a... with certain sentimentalities of Christmas, and the story has to be enhanced because it is a Christmas. Because time. there are genre Christmas tenants, and it does yes. follow the tenets of that. Yeah, sure. So it is. So Die Hard you... is and isn't a Christmas movie. Well, I think we. I tell. I think this is something we we could work on and really make a difference in the world. We could. We should. We need. There to. should be like you know, five tenets of what a Christmas movie is. I think it has to be um, location because mm-hmm. what brings everyone together in this office tower is because they're having a Christmas party. Right. So there has to be the setting. Christmas is the instigator of the situation. Correct. There wouldn't be the situation. Not The situation Christmas. would not be it made. Because there wouldn't be this party. Yes. So in a way, yes. Okay, so let's go through this. It's situational. There. So would this movie be able to take place if it wasn't Christmas? No, because there would not be a big Christmas party. Yes. And I think he was, I don't really remember the plot, but he was coming to LA for Christmas, maybe? Like they were separated. So question, I have a problem with movies (laughs) that have Christmas parties on Christmas Eve or or Christmas Day. Okay. Offices. Like the Santa Claus. Oh, he has yeah. a Christmas party for his office. That's Christmas, not realistic. Freaking Christmas Eve. It's not not happening. Yeah. The it would be Die Hard. December. <laughs> it'd be December 19th. It'd be December 2nd. Like, <laughs> that's done, man. That's gone. Uh-huh. Like, once Thanksgiving's over, uh, it's every man for himself. Man, yeah. woman, and child. Or like in movies when they're in school, like on Christmas Eve. Yeah. That doesn't Who work. Who does that? No one does that. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, I feel that Die Hard, it takes place on Christmas. It wouldn't happen if it... It would have happened not as differently. Uh, what does that even mean? It wouldn't have happened not on Christmas. And the tenets of Christmas of family and togetherness are withheld throughout the end and conclusion. Yes. 
Yeah. And, you know, there are different movies um, where there are scenes that take place at Christmas. It doesn't make it a Christmas movie, but I think make something a Christmas movie, like something like Saint, uh, Meet Me in St. Louis. Meet Me in St. Louis takes place throughout uh, the throughout the year and it culminates on Christmas. But what gives it an emotional impact and why it's viewed this time of year is because, um, you know, it celebrates the spirit of Christmas and family togetherness and sentimentality. Hmm. And it culminates at Christmas. So that's why it's viewed as a Christmas movie. Same with It's a Wonderful Life. We don't get to right. Christmas until the end when we have the climax. But the but it happens. It's it's uh, reinforced because it's Christmas. Correct. Hmm. I, I think this is something we need to work on further. We do. I enjoy this dive into film theory. Yes. You know, Twin Peaks is a Christmas movie. <laughs> There's. I need to share it with you. Someone made a 12 days of Twin Peaks. Oh. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a body dead wrapped in plastic. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave you to me a lot. two secret diaries and a body dead wrapped in plastic. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three something souls. <laughs> Three possessed souls, two secret <laughs> diaries, and a body dead, wrapped in plastic. Wait to number four because it's the best. On okay. <laughs> um, the fir- fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four talking logs, three possessed souls, two secret diaries, and a body dead, wrapped in plastic. So that was that. <laughs> what a Christmas gift. For those uh, of you who stuck around through our film and music theory rants, you just got a delight for your ears. And for yeah, your... you. I hope you're listening to this to or from Grandma's house yeah. on Christmas. And I hope Grandma listened to it as well, <laughs> so you could set her straight about how the little drummer boy is bullshit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We need to know that. Pummel my bum, pummel my bum, pummel my bum. <laughs> That's my take on little drummer boy. <laughs> That was really good. Well, I hope everybody has a really good Christmas and a happy Merry New Year. Merry Christmas. May 2020 be filled with love and light. And may we keep Christmas in our hearts throughout the year. Yes. And may you always be cunning and be sexy. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.